Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Pastor Chad Gonzalez. Hey friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to episode 11 of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's my goal to help you grow in your connection with God so you can manifest God to your world and experience God on a personal level like you have never experienced him before. Before we get going, I'd like to ask if you would, please subscribe to the podcast there, however you're listening, and that way you'll never miss out on new episodes. And while you're there, please leave us a review. that definitely help us in getting the word out. Uh, it's just great seeing the podcast growing and growing every month. We also have a couple of books that would be a great resource to you, especially along the lines of the things we're talking about here at the Supernatural Life podcast. Uh, you can access those on Amazon, or you can go to our website, chaggonzalez.com. Uh, you know, last month, we uh, did a five-day uh, five meeting in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. We had some phenomenal, phenomenal things happen. Uh, lots of, of people got healed. Uh, two that were, were really significant. One uh, was a, a lady that was completely deaf in both ears. Uh, once I, I went over and began to talk to her, it became uh, very obvious it was uh, some demonic oppression there. And so we dealt with that and, and cast that thing out. And all of a sudden, immediately her ears uh, pop open and she began to hear perfectly. Uh, so that was, was really, really exciting just to see her expression and, and uh, just expression of joy. And, and just for the people that was around, it was really neat because there was teenagers all around there too. And for them to have those encounters with God and see that God's real, not just hear about God, but experience Him, uh, it was just a, a wonderful delight for me. There was also another woman who was uh, hard of hearing, and, and she was healed. Uh, we had lots of, of joints, you know, back, shoulders, all kind of stuff like that that were healed. And just had a, a wonderful time, uh, just growing in revelation of the Word of God and, and getting to see the, the gospel of Jesus in action. So had a great time. Uh, today, I want to spend some time in talking about uh, the last move of God. You know, there's been a lot of talk about you know, the, the great uh, in revival. Uh, I, I think the better term is a great awakening. Uh, but people have been talking about revival, especially in the charismatic circles, uh, for many, many years. Uh, churches all around, regardless of the denomination, praying for revival, asking God for revival. And the sad thing is, is that not, not that, that we don't want revival. The sad thing is the, is, is the way we pray about it and our perspective on it. Uh, most people's perspective on a revival, this last you know, great move, the perspective is that God's holding out on us and we don't have the equipment that we need. And yet it's interesting that if you read in the book of Acts, it tells us that those disciples, uh, they turned the world upside down and yet they didn't think that they needed anything else. They thought that through salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it provided everything that they needed. Uh, the difference between them and us is that with them, uh, they had a, a legitimate uh, fellowship with the Lord, whereas us today, we're very uh, head smart. We've got a lot of uh, intellectualism going on. We can quote the scriptures and uh, tell you all the in Christ scriptures and I'll tell you all the healing scriptures, but when it comes down to getting things to happen, we think that that we need more equipment, we need more of this, and need more of that. 
In other words, we think we have an equipment problem. Uh, but what I've found to be true is that we don't have an equipment problem. We have an awareness problem. We're not aware of truly who we are and what we have. And it's because there's been a lack of fellowship. Uh, we've got our faith formulas, and yet it's missing a fellowship there. Uh, we're not spending the time with the Father that we need. Uh, we're just spending time getting our, our minds bigger instead of getting our uh, connection with God greater. Uh, but there was something that really significant that happened several weeks ago. You know, Billy Graham, the great evangelist, uh, won so many to the Lord. He went home to be with the Lord. And there was, there's was, there been several prophecies, uh, some, some pretty significant things that's been said about him. Uh, there was one by Benny Hinn that uh, I believe it was back in 2012, and he was having a, a conversation with several ministers. And and this one minister was talking about this last great move of God, and Benny Hinn uh, interrupted and said, and let me add uh, that the the beginning of this will be uh, the passing or the going home of Billy Graham. There was also a, uh, there was a prophecy that was given, I mean, if you want to call it a prophecy, but a word that was given by a woman by the name of Billy Brim. If you don't know who Billy Brim is, uh, she was very close with, uh, Brother Hagen, uh, she was a uh, uh, editor for for many of his books uh, back in the early days, and uh, she had she had told about uh, back in uh, in the the early two thousands that uh, she had had a conversation with Oral Roberts, and Oral Roberts said that he was ready to go home, and uh, anyway, he, she said that the Lord told her that some people don't don't have don't get to choose you know when they're going to go you know the bible tells us uh, the apostle paul said this he said you know i'm in a I'm kind of in a rock and a hard place so to speak you know i want to go ahead and go and be with the lord which would be better for me but to stay here would be better for you and so he said so i choose to stay here and the lord told billy brim that you know, there's some people, they don't get to choose their time, that their time is appointed by him, but appointed by the Lord uh, to mark, you know, some different seasons and times. And, and the Lord told her that at the death of Oral Roberts and the death of Billy Graham, it was going to cause a, a shift uh, in the heavenlies. And uh, this was back in 2007. Well, uh, 2009... Or Roberts went home to be with the Lord. And then just here a few weeks ago, Billy Graham went home to be with the Lord. Well, so those things have been said. And there's been some others. And I had contemplated those things over a couple of days. Well, uh, the Saturday morning uh, after Billy Graham had went home to be with the Lord, when I woke up, you know, when you wake up and you're kind of in those times where you're awake, but you're not awake. And it's like you're awake, but your mind's not really functioning just yet. And it was one of those moments. I, I just woke up that Saturday morning. I was still laying in bed, hadn't moved around or anything. And all of a sudden I had a vision. And and the first thing that I saw uh, was this big, huge clock. And I saw the second hand just tick, 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 all going all the way around. And when it hit the 12, then I saw these two massive uh, gears. And I saw them moving very slowly uh, toward each other. And as soon as they clicked, then I saw the second hand of the clock hit the 12. 
and then I, uh, I saw this this big uh, open expanse of land and these bombs these small bombs started going off all throughout the the land and you know those bombs were causing the dirt and the rocks you know to be thrown up uh, into the sky and leaving these massive holes and, and all of a sudden uh, the vision ended and, and I immediately knew what it all meant I reached over and grabbed my phone uh, you know I take a lot of my notes in my phone I grabbed my note opened up Evernote and I began to write what I saw and what it meant and what it was was this is that uh, there certainly was definitely a shift that took place uh, when Billy Graham went home to be with the Lord now uh, Billy Brim said you know in her statement that you know when the Lord told her there was gonna be a shift uh, she said, I sit before the Lord, not really know what major shift occurred in the heavenlings, but I know that it did. Uh, she said, I would hope that it has something to do with the spiritual awakening that Billy Graham was praying for and the harvest that it would bring. Well, from what I saw and experienced, uh, this is what I'm saying is the shift that took place. And I believe that, that what has taken place is that many of, of the things that we've been praying for, in regards to revelation and insight and wisdom, uh, there's about to be an explosion of revelation that's about to take place uh, with those of us that, that are hungering and seeking after the things of God and seeking after the supernatural uh, so, so that we can help people, reach people, and, and bring uh, Jesus back for us. And it's going to come down to revelation. I remember what I said earlier, it's not that we have an equipment problem, it's an awareness problem, it's a revelation problem. Uh, the Apostle Paul, when, in his writing you know, in Ephesians, and Brother Hagin told us to pray these prayers over ourselves. It's something I've done you know, daily for many, many years. But what we refer to as the Pauline prayers, you know, Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 3, and there's a couple of others, but Ephesians chapter 1 and, and chapter 3 are the, are the main ones for me. And, and in chapter 1, Paul says, he said, I pray for you daily. I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know, and they list three things, that you would know the hope of his calling. In other words, what God's plan is for your life. Number two, he said, I, I pray that you would know what is the, the inheritance, God's inheritance of the saints, or it's in the saints. And then number three, he said, I pray that you would know the exceeding greatness of his power that raised up Christ from the dead that's in you and for you. He said, I pray that you would know these things. Notice he doesn't pray that God would give us these things. Paul prays that God would open our eyes and we would understand what we have. And what I found to, to be true is, is this, is that you know, you're never going to walk in more unless you're, not, unless you're walking in what you already know. And there's a lot of us, again, we've got a lot of head knowledge, but we're not walking in it because it's not real to us. It's just, it's just intellectualism. Uh, so it's really coming down to you know a need uh, for revelation. The way people are praying in regards to this last great move, it's almost like we're robots, and God's just going to flip a switch when it comes time, and all of a sudden we're going to start uh, moving and thinking and operating, and and miracles are going to start happening. And it's just because God flipped a switch, and and it just caused something to go off on the inside of us. Well, no, not necessarily the. the the, the flip has been switched for a long time for us to access all of these things. Uh, you know, when, when Jesus, when he gave us the Great Commission and he sent us out, well, he said in John, 
uh, 17, he said, I send them in the way that you sent me, Father. Well, God didn't send Jesus ill-equipped, uh, and Jesus didn't send us ill-equipped. Uh, with the great commission that he gives us, uh, there's also the great equipment. Uh, but if you don't know you have the equipment, then it's going to be really hard for you to be able to use it. And so I want to give you these five things. These are five things that as I was sitting there and, and writing these things down from that vision and kind of contemplating what I saw and what it all meant. These were five things that, that just kind of came to me. I believe it was the Holy Spirit uh, in regards to five things that we need to do to, uh, to, to experience these things, to grow uh, and, and be used in this great awakening. Uh, I don't believe that we're waiting on it anymore. I truly believe that uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, this thing got started. And actually, and I can't speak for others uh, except for a few friends of mine and myself, but I know for us, we've been experiencing the miraculous for, for years now, just seeing marvelous results in the area of healing, uh, the gifts of healings and, and the working of miracles being in operation. Uh, just wonderful things, blind eyes, deaf ears, you know, short legs growing. I'm not talking about, you know, a half inch or a quarter of an inch. I'm talking about several inches, uh, short arms, uh, tumors and goiters dissolving right in front of our faces, like wonderful, wonderful things. And the more that we continue to push for these things, the more that we're going to see. But let me give you these five things real quick uh, that we must do. These are things that we, we must be doing in these last days. Uh, to be used by God and to grow uh, in these things. Number one, uh, we have to stay free of offense. If there's one thing that I've learned in, in my 41 years is that we have to walk in love, that there is no offense. There's nothing that anyone has done to me or said to me that is worth me holding on to and as a result, it disrupting uh, the, the faith and power of God in my life. We've got to stay uh, free of offense. You know, it's interesting. We all know, most of us know Mark 11, 23 and 24, Jesus talking about faith. But, you know, we forget verse 25. Then Jesus talks about forgiveness. And forgiveness, you know, and faith, uh, they're connected because uh, faith and love are connected. And uh, in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22, I want to read this to you. 1 Peter chapter 1. Now I'm going to read this out of the New King James uh, translation. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. He says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth of the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, I want you to love everyone fervently with a pure heart, because you've been born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed through the Word of God. And then in chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter uh, 2 and verse 1, he says, So therefore lay aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes. Desire the pure milk of the word that you would grow thereby if you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. I truly believe that if you are holding on to offense, that you have immediately stunted your growth and slammed the door shut for revelation. There's no offense that's worth holding on to uh, that's going to cause you uh, to not grow in revelation and understanding. So, number one, we have to stay free of offense. Uh, you're never going to be strong in faith and hold a grudge at the same time. Number two, we have to pursue him. 
You know, in Philippians chapter 3, Paul makes a statement. He said that I would know him. This is my aim. Uh, this is my goal, that I would know him and know the power. Well, notice he said know him first, then the power. A lot of us are trying to know the power, but we're, we're not having the fellowship. And that's where most of us uh, people are, are missing it. Uh, we need to focus on him. We need to focus on the vine. We need to pursue him and know him. Uh, James chapter 4 he says this, and James, he says, draw near unto God. See, we've got to make the, the, the next step. God made the first step. We've got to make the next step. We need to draw near to him, pursue him. Because the, the deal is, guys, if we're not pursuing him, we're pursuing something. You're always pursuing something. So if you're not pursuing him, you're pursuing something else. And the way that we can pursue him is through growing in the, in the word, spending time in the word, and yet not reading uh, just to read, but I mean reading to hear, reading to hear from him and spending time in prayer, fellowshipping with him. Uh, not just you talking, but you also listening and you hearing. So number one, we need to stay free of offense. Uh, you need to you wake up in the morning and make a decision. I know I'm going to have an opportunity to get offended today and I just choose not to. I'm going to love everybody. Number two, we need to pursue him. Number three, we need to walk holy. Now, I'm not talking about how long your hair is and whether you got a tattoo or not or earring or not, you know, or what your clothes, what your clothes look like. I'm talking about your heart. We need to be separated from the, from the things of this world, uh, not only in our conduct, but also in our perspective. You know, the things that are normal to the world should not be normal to us. Flu season and allergy season, those aren't in heaven. So those shouldn't be normal to us. We're in the world. Uh, but we're not living from it. First uh, Peter chapter one, uh, verse uh, fifteen. Peter said this. He said, "But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all conduct, because it's written, Be holy, for I am holy.' And if you call on the Father who, without partiality, judges according to each one's work, I want you to conduct yourselves throughout your time here, your time of stay here, in fear, in reverence, in reverence. So." We need to walk holy. It's not about rules. It's about your heart. So that's number three. Number four, we need to be obedient even in the small things. You know, Romans chapter eight says that, you know, it's, it's the, the sons of God that are led by the, the spirit of God. And so we need to be led by the spirit of God. But if we want to be led in the big things, we need to learn to be led in the small things. And so even in the, just the, the what seems the routine, monotonous, you know, things in life of, you know, driving home and which road to take and, you know, uh, how to handle, you know, disagreements and conversations with people. We need to be listening even in those things. You know, there's been times I've had a, a disagreement with, with Lacey, my wife, and getting ready to say something, just got to check on the inside. Hey, you better not say that, you know, or hold off on that. Wait, wait to talk about that one later. And many times I've listened and sometimes I haven't. And when I listened, it turned out good. And when I did, didn't, it didn't turn out good. Uh, the Holy Spirit's a genius. If we learn to listen to him, he'll make you look like a genius too. But we need to be obedient in the small things. And so that way, uh, you're living a continuous lifestyle of hearing from him uh, so that when big stuff happens, you're ready. And you're not having to fast and pray for 21 days just so you can you know, uh, hear him say something. So that's number four. And lastly, number five is we need to increase our awareness of his presence. I don't know of a, 
of a greater truth in, in the word of God and the gospel of Jesus than God moving on the inside of us, living on the inside of us, walking through us, living through us. We need to be more God inside minded. We need to always be aware that God is with us, that he's not only for us and he's not only with us, but he's in us, always with us, that he's never left us, never forsaken us. And so that again, when the big stuff happens, uh, we're not wondering if God's there, we know he's there. And therefore, uh, we don't get into fear. We live out through our union with Christ and we walk in the authority that God designed for us to walk in. And if we'll do those things, then we will see us uh, being major players, every single one of us being major players in this last great move of God on the earth so that you know we can see what's been my aim. I want to make what we see in the book of Acts, child's play. I want to make you know what was seen at Azusa Street and the great you know, healing revivals in the late 40s and 50s, I want to make those things look like kindergarten. Uh, we're going to see, the, the world's going to see, the church is going to see that the greatest things of God that, that, that's ever been seen on the earth. And the wonderful thing is, is that you and I, God saved you and I for last to, to be the, the, the players in this thing. That's awesome. It's just awesome to think about. It gets me so excited. So anyway... Friends, hey, I hope you enjoyed our time together. And today not only helped expand your mind to what's possible in Christ, but also helps you grow in your connection with God so you can manifest God to your world as well. Hey, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your friends. Remember that in Christ, we always win.